1: A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time
0: for the Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix.
1: You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network.
0: Hockey fans, if you'd like a copy of my new book, Tales with TR, Fights, Film and Folklore, head on over to flankerpress.com. If you'd like a personalized copy for $25 plus shipping, email me at terryryan2020 at gmail.com. That's terryryan2020 at gmail.com. Welcome to episode 109B of Tales with TR. I'm your host, Terry Ryan. Hope everybody's having a good post-playoff week. I know I am. Been real busy. And that's why uh, it's been crazy getting guests for me in the last couple of weeks because I've been on Hudson and Rex every day in one way or the other. Like I said before, I've been either set dressing or playing background characters so, for the most part, background, yeah, a few other things, but but anyway, without getting right into it, the film set days are long days, often of which you can't even use your phone, for good reason, and uh, so for me, I need to like be booking guests and trying to schedule stuff, because everything I'm doing is kind of, I'm real busy, but. There's no set schedule. So whether you're doing a cameo or writing a blog or a chapter for a book or guesting on a podcast or having my own, I can kind of do it whenever. But the thing is, when I book guests, they're set to a time, right? So it's tough for me to say, well, you know, Jason Strudwick, for example, well, we could do it Wednesday, but I know I'm playing a prison guard on Hudson and Rex. And call time seven a.m. We should be out of there by six p.m. I'm only in three of the of the of the six scenes, so I should be. Then you go in and they go. You know what? Maybe for this last scene, we'll need a prison guard. And then you're like, okay. So you wait another four hours to do the scenes you're in and the last one, and then you're scrambling, right? But that's the job, and I'm I, I I'm not going to change that part of it, right? So I'm not going to not do that. Um, sorry, oh, there's Sandman's coming. Anyway, anyway, so that's the number one priority. So when uh, when I have a possible guest, I normally say if I, if I want to schedule it at 10 or 11 at night, there's ways around it. But if I've usually got more than one thing to do, it's real hard to nail a guest down, especially this time of year, because this is when the film stops real, real busy. But there are ways around it. To any of you that were expecting Jason Strudwick, I apologize, but for, uh, I know that uh, my, my listeners love the Sandman and I know David Ling is a legend. So we're going to have both of those guys on momentarily. And, um, uh, I'll be at the Chicklets Cup in Buffalo on July 21st, 23rd. So I'm going to bring my trusty studio along, uh, AKA my laptop. And, uh, I'm going to, uh, do a few on the spot interviews and, uh, Trant Samwith, who's just tuned in, says that maybe he can get me a few live podcast gigs out in Edmonton uh, where he played all eight of his National Hockey League games. How you doing, Trant?
2: Good, buddy. Yeah, well, I'm kind of disappointed. Like, Strud's won't even uh, come on your show. He's playing hard to get. <laughs> one, guy, one guy I had on my list, you know.
0: Sure. Yeah, uh, and it's, I don't mind. You know what? And this time of the year, well, first of all, I'm busy, but uh, I'm, I'm never going to apologize for having Trent Sam with and, and David Ling on, but I am going to explain, I guess. But it gets busy, Sam, man, and uh, it's also a great time of year. It's just so laid back, and I don't even have an intro for this one. I just like conversing, and I you know, I hope people pick up when I'm laying down because uh, it's just uh, this is by far my favorite time of year. Well, spring, but this beginning part of summer and everything. And uh, speaking of that, You're about to get on a flight. Tell us where you're going and why.
2: (laughs) Well, I'm coming to see you, St. John's, Newfoundland. I get in, you know, 530 or whatever tonight. And I'm coming because you invited me, basically, from Nashville. You were telling all the boys that, uh, well, obviously, George Street Festival, which is something i have got to do still on my bucket list, but I couldn't make it this year. And I said, well, let's come out for Canada Day Long Weekend and see what happens.
0: How did you assemble that crew? So for those that don't know, if you follow me on social media, you do. But it was right before Shorzy. So at least half of you, judging by my followers and stuff, I hate paying attention to that, too. But it does give you a good barometer. You know what I mean? Like, gives me a good idea where to go with my podcast and stuff because it's straight feedback. But uh, a lot of people send me messages, and I guess they don't know the pre- Shorzy trip we went on. So explain it. We went to Nashville. It was for your birthday, but I, even I don't know wh- how or why you assembled that cast of characters. So what happened there?
2: So it was sort of a combination of like it was a, it started about a couple years before my fiftieth, which was in April, and I'm like I'm turning fifty. And I want to do something special. And I started thinking about that when I'd heard a guy had done something where he got a couple of his buddies and, and put a committee together for his 50th birthday. <laughs> so I was chatting with a couple of the guys and, and and we decided to do that. So and then COVID hit. So now we're in the middle of COVID and we're like, we don't even know if this is gonna happen, but we're still planning it. We're still planning it. And um, so it was kind of a combination of that what I wanted to do, my whole goal of the whole thing was like, I've been very fortunate as you have to travel all over the place, playing hockey and live in different places and you meet great guys like yourself along the, along your travels right, and, and I'd, like, I'd love to get everybody from every different walk of life that I knew was the same kind of guy right, because you're, you know, the guys that you you're like, you're attracted to, kind of the
0: same core yeah, value. that was wild, yeah
2: right, yeah, <laughs> even the interfaces might be totally different Underneath it all, they're the same kind of guy, right?
0: That you like. Yeah, i I mean it. It was wild. Everybody there, I could just sit down and have breakfast with, as we as we did. I I don't even know if we ate any meals other than breakfast. I can't remember eating a meal. I I know we had like I know we had nachos like out on the patios and stuff, but it was pretty much straight up get up and have Caesars and beers.
2: Literally, that's what happened. We, I think, one night we got somebody got some sushi back to our place. To one night, that was it, and it was gone in two seconds. Like, you had fourteen guys that had not eaten in four days. It was crazy. It was crazy. But anyway, they so that that's that was kind of the gist of it. And I, so you know, growing up in Edmonton, Stony Plain, then I left home, went to Hobima. That's where Jason Seawright came in, and then I went to Tri Cities, and I was all the boys from there. And then uh, you know, pro hockey. You know, we had Sean Thornton there, and yourself, and. Uh, and, and just and then business now in Edmonton. Like I've got some really great buddies that I work with and for in and, uh, in Edmonton. And yeah, and of course my my dad had to come for a couple of days. Yeah, to see that. Uh, I'm not sure how like he was probably going. What is wrong with all you people?
0: Oh yeah, but he was right in the thick of it. That's the uh, he thing. Was- he might have said that, but he didn't back down. He was. We were getting shittered at like fucking. 1 p.m. On, on patios, the sun beating down too, beating down like that was you don't think about that when people age, like, you know what I mean? Like when when you're out there and there's such a vibe and it's so hot and there's people everywhere and, and, and women that are impossible not to look at. I mean, let's just be honest. And then five live bands like on one floor. I, that place blew me away. But your dad was right in the thick. But that's good genes, you know right you know that 25 years from now if you're rolling like that you, you know what i mean you get to, you, you got something to look forward to
2: absolutely no i love it i loved how much fun he had i loved him seeing all you guys all together and hearing stories he, i know for sure he hasn't heard before like uh, i remember uh him jason searay was talking to my dad on the side and said like have you heard any of these stories and he goes no he goes I
0: love it when Trae gets drunk and starts telling stories I've never heard before. So, I didn't, Sam, I had no idea. Now, the funny thing is, I hadn't been to Vegas as of the end of, at the beginning of 2022, I hadn't been to Vegas and I hadn't been to Nashville. Well, I'd been to Nashville to go in, I was in the rink, I sat out there and, and, you know, I, I experienced a national hockey league game there, but I didn't uh, ever go to Broadway's at the name of the street, or I didn't explore. I, I, I didn't really know anything about Nashville other than the inside of the rink, which was embarrassing to me. And it was, it was probably the one spot ever that I'd been. And I didn't explore because I wasn't that guy, as you know, you were my teammate. We'd go into Philly with St. John's and I'd be up getting Kodak little cameras, taking s- selfies with the, uh, Before it was a thing with with the statue of Rocky Balboa, the Liberty Bell. You know, I was that guy, but didn't really go out. So we went down there. I got to be honest, that that, that's it's my favorite experience trip. I guess a lot of things have to go right. But Jesus, I don't know. It was probably one of my it's definitely one of my favorite trips. What made you pick it and what stands out to you about Nashville? This is just me being curious because there's 10 for me. I'll give you my number one. But what what to you? um sorry the first question was I guess yeah let's just say what stands out to you I was yeah. gonna say why did you pick it but you know
2: yeah well I mean it was it became a logistical thing a little bit like we were we were thinking of Vegas we were thinking of Miami we were thinking of other places in Europe and like you know we had all these things where ideas bent around but at the end of the day I mean everybody that went to Nashville said it was awesome like you know everybody they, everybody loved it. it you can get different types of guys or like different types of music even or whatever. It just it was a safe place, close to Toronto, close to, you know. Sorry, my phone's going off here. It's um, all right. Um, you know, close to, uh, you know, you know, it was a direct flight from Edmonton. Literally a week after uh, <laughs> COVID, kind of screwed that up. But anyway, it was just it was just convenient for everybody, and um, yeah, I guess what's still for me like. Like, i just did not realize the amount of uh, like amount of music packed into such a short little spot like it's not that big of an area and and then you got the uh where the titans yeah. play right across the river you got the, you got the you got the predators are playing right there like everything is literally within like what 10 block radius i guess max of all that stuff so i just i don't know, i just i thought it was really cool and our place was right there too right like we didn't have to leave it was, it was awesome
0: it was, we were right down, right in the thick of it. I didn't know where we'd be staying. Sandman had all that set up and we went down there and boy, what was awesome. And, and like a huge flat kind of thing with a bunch of bedrooms and you're right. And all the guys got along, you knew it right off the bat. You know, immediately when you get in there and a bunch of hockey players too, right. You get a shower, you're just walking around naked, grabbing food, whatever you like walk out. Someone's having a taco with nothing on shut towel up over the shoulder you know it was immediate mo and and we'd all for me it was different eras of hockey players and some were teammates like you um but you know i came into junior and you were just leaving so it was a lot of those guys that i'd heard of right and terry terry degner for example um i know he's your good buddy in tri-city he's a legend right i mean he's the equivalent of any NHL star at the time because he was leaving Tri-Cities as like the top score of the league. Like you'd look at 139 points or whatever it was. So I like really looked up to him. And then there was Terry Virtue who you played with, but to me he was just a, an opponent that was pretty fucking ruthless to be honest. Right. So playing again, I, I got that he was a good guy because he would joke during the play and stuff, but you know, he definitely bruised me more than once, you know? So I didn't know what to think it was generations uh, for me, I guess not, but, but but for me and and these different, uh, it, 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 the players represented different geography too. It wasn't just the Western League. Terry Virtue, I played against in Worcester in New England, so it was all these people from my past or my future kind of thing, um, being your buddies. Um, so it was, it was, it was really different for me, but that made the experience. But what I, what, and what I noticed about Nashville, I mean, there's so much, there, it's the best music just ever, every place. I mean, it's just makes you feel great to be alive at that, that spot. But um, I, I, it was the hockey, like everywhere you went, there was just as much Nashville. Now I know the Bridgestone arena is right there, but I mean, the Titans play, you can see the building from where you're from Broadway and most of the bars you went in, there was as much or more predators paraphernalia, right? And as as Titan stuff. And I I I was blown away by that. And to the point that I used to just take out my tooth. People were so happy to see a Canadian that played hockey. Like I just go, fuck it, I'm just gonna leave my tooth out. Like either I'm a crackhead or 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 a drug dealer or something, or I'm a hockey player. And you know, it would strike up conversations and people were so great. Like they a lot of them didn't even know much of the rules of hockey but they really supported the predators and it made them smile and we were like almost we were almost celebrity isn't the word but we were like the guests of the highest honor were at whatever bar we went to did you feel that
2: oh for sure yeah as soon as they found out you're canadian you played hockey and yeah there's always somebody that had some story of you know growing up playing hockey or living in a place hockey. it was yeah it's kind of cool i, I agree I was I was surprised the amount of hockey
0: coverage on the news and the sports and everything. Yeah, it was just really cool, which says a lot for the guys that have played there, though. You know, that's something because hockey wasn't there. No one knew much about it. I mean, like I told you, the first night down there, I woke up in Chattanooga. That's two hours away, Sam. And I get in this party bus thing. You know, me, too. Right. This is why, like, we never know if I'm going to come back. I mean, that was the first night. We know I got kind of. Miss, I got robbed the last night, okay, whatever it was an experience. But the first night, and that was my own fault. It didn't take away from the trip. It made it more legendary. It's part of the story. We all got out unscathed, so to speak, so it was all good. But the first night, I wake up in Chattanooga, man. I don't know. And we're talking. I remember being at the diner. I felt like, what about Bob in the scene where he goes into the mental institution and he's got them all. He, by the time Richard Dreyfus goes back in, He's he's the center of the and he's he's telling stories to all the uh, people that work there, all the workers. Have you ever seen what about Bob? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it was kind of because like I was in this diner, and you know it was. I'm not going to say they were judging me, but kind of thing. I'm a Canadian hockey player, and again, it's just down the road, but it's not Nashville. There wasn't much hockey in Chattanooga at all, so they didn't know what I was talking about. They knew the Montreal Canadiens. <laughs> I guess because like it's a brand, but you know they knew the knew who the Nashville Predators were. But other than that, if I say offsides, they think I'm talking about you know either soccer or the figure of speech. So anyway, I'm I'm at the diner and I'm I'm having this conversation with the waitress and and the people that I went there with. Anyway, it's just great and we're all in on and I know that I'm going to leave. And I'm never gonna go back to Chattanooga. Like I might go back to Nashville, but I'm never gonna find myself at this diner. And there's something, I don't know, welcoming about it to, to me or something. You know, it's a time and space that you're sharing with someone just for that one time. But I found a lot of people down there to be vibrant like that, like Newfoundland. Like I found them yeah. very much like like Newfoundlanders in in this in the welcoming sense. Did you did you feel that?
2: Oh, for sure, Nashville, oh, for sure. I mean, we, you know, if, if we were in a tourist area. Let's be honest. I never really left yeah. Broadway. I didn't go anywhere. Um, so, you know, there's lots of tourists for sure. Well, now, here, now you got to,
0: you got to come back. Sorry, sorry, I cut you up. You got to come back and do that with me. I also went down to 16th Avenue. There's a Lacey Lacy J. Dalton song. God bless the boys who make the noise on 16th Avenue, where a lot of the singer songwriters go. So I went down there as well. I'm one of those stupid tourism buses. Um, that's how I got robbed, by the way, anyway, the last day there. It's a long, long story, but it had nothing to do with the people that were actually on the bus. I don't know if you knew that because we had to leave right away, like immediately. Yeah. So it happened that night anyway. I got dancing with a girl and yada, yada, yada. She said she was with this tourism place. And anyway, we're going to go through and there's going to be water sprinklers. So, you know, you got to put your stuff, you know, your, if, if you want any of your phone and everything, put it in this. That, that, anyway, that's kind of what happened. But I don't regret it. It was a good time. But I, I also went down there when you guys were sleeping one afternoon. And I, I like that. And I like to have like a bite to eat, like way off the beaten path so you can get a feel for the locals. But in any case, e- even on Broadway, though, even there that it's tourism, so is downtown St. John's. But the locals are proud that they're giving you a great product. I know it was a little different than my experience in Chattanooga. I'm talking a lot. I took a weed gummy and it's just fantastic. And I'm doing Evan Coffee with it. So sorry to take over your interview. And Linger's here, but I, do, I still don't see him. Um, but anyway, that's what I found. They were really like, I went to the Patsy Klein Museum. That was a great time. And they, they couldn't, like, the people working there were expressing their love for Patsy Klein as they were selling me the ticket. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, for sure. Oh, man, everybody was great. Like all the, all the people that were like worked and bartenders and everybody, and they were, everybody was awesome. It was just, yeah, it was like really like, you know, we talked about between Vegas and Nashville, right? Like, I mean, Vegas is, you go there, it's hardcore. Like you're, you're in and you're, it's full on everything. You know, it's bigger, like it's spread out. Like you're, it's, it's a lot. We were just in our, Three block, block radius for ninety percent of the time. We knew we had that. We had that great pad. It was just comfortable. And then we went out on the street. Everything, you know, was safe. Other than you know, a couple of people like got their stuff stolen. But for the most part, everything was good. Um,
0: that that like I said, it's just part of the story. I had to fly home then with no lock on my phone, knowing somebody had it. Fly all the way. The anxiety could kill a fucking elephant. I mean it. I couldn't, Sam, and I was I was running into people in airports. I was like, and that's it because I had to get on the flight, right? So, I'm going, and I mean, it just happened. So I'm still drunk, and I remember I'm I'm trying to put my shit together. I had to leave all you guys, but you remember the mess I was in trying to do that, and then I had to deal with, oh my god, like, and I found my passport in like the bottom of the bed, and I was like, oh shit, so it's possibly still here, which it wasn't, but at least they left my passport and all that stuff. But anyway. I got that. I went to the airport and then I like everything was in my phone. You know what I mean? My COVID check, all that shit was in my phone. So then I had to do like, I don't know how they let me on, but they did talk my way into it. But then I'm in a flight and I, I, I still don't have, you know, I, I can't even, I'm trying to change my Facebook, my, my social media passwords and stuff. Cause whoever got my phone, there's no lock on it, but I can't even do that. Cause they're like, we'll send a message to your phone. Someone's trying to get into your Facebook. You know what I mean? And I had to come home here. And then nine o'clock Tuesday morning, I I, I went in and, and got a new phone and erased it. And I tracked it and it was in a river in Nashville. That's what happened. But I mean, it was a lot of fucking.
2: Well, I just remember in the morning when, when it all came, you know, it hit, it hit you, you lost your stuff. Then it was just about all, all of us trying to manage you because, yeah, you were like, of course, you were losing your mind and you had anxiety. And you were, How am I doing this? How am I doing that? So, like, at least you had us around. We we're kind of, no, you get the passport, you get on the plane, we're going to get we're gonna get you here, we're going to get you here. So, like, I think that, I mean, if you were by yeah, yourself. Man.
0: I ran into uh, Alan Harko and Alan Doyle. There you go, a couple of good Newfoundlanders in the Toronto airport. And I used their phones to, like, call my mom and say, go up to... TT Bank, you know, they know your face, but I I know you got to prove it, but just go up and ask them to stop my account. All my cards were tapped. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, yeah. But was it worth it? A hundred percent.
1: The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. As a Canadian, I know I'll always be throwing money down on the Blue Jays. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN Make your first deposit and get a risk free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details.
2: So you were asking about the group of guys and getting them together. The one thing was that I, I, I knew that the guys that came in that room were going to love each other within 15 minutes. That was my whole like decision on picking and not picking. Yeah. And, you know, because you got good buddies that, you know sometimes they just they're not flexible enough or they don't fit in here or whatever you know what i mean like not that they're bad guys or great guys but just gotta fit in with a group like that right so when i when you guys all got together i mean that was my that was my favorite thing was that literally that's exactly what happened <laughs> and like Man. you know within 15 20 minutes everybody's like chatting and drinking and having fun i mean it was just awesome and then you guys started to get to know each other and my favorite one was you and terry degner because like Lit, like you guys are both like I was hanging like, with them all week. Oh my god! You guys are both Tri City legends. Like you have, so you have that base of you know, like you guys are both awesome. Top thirty you guys are at top thirty. We got to hear it all weekend. And uh, <laughs> but, but you guys like literally could not be more opposite people. Like on the interface, right? Like you got you, you got you and your character and everything. You're out there, and then you got Terry Degner, who is pretty buttoned down, like corporate, like you know, like dresses. Oh like, yeah. No, you never like you never say boo to anybody, like whatever, right? And then you guys are within a half an hour are like hugging each other on the couch and telling stories. And like uh, my favorite, my favorite story was you guys. Like a couple days went on like this where you guys would be you'd catch you guys talking in the corner and whatever. And then you like when you'd walk by, it'd be like, oh yeah, like I scored a hat trick here, and like oh yeah, oh when I scored you when know, I did this overtime winner, like you <laughs> guys to tell these little stories about how awesome you guys were. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> showing each other videos bringing up hockey dB yes, exactly. um, talking about each other's attributes and weaknesses well you know i mean you know i wasn't a great skater left but i could really fucking pound it coming off the wing and you know i like to make this move and i, I know i know it was great
2: you know, you guys, so every time like it'd just be the two of you too they they've been talking to each other so remember the one time we had everybody back at the place and, and i walked by and i heard this again i just said like could you two shut the fuck up? It's talk, talk about how awesome you fucking are. Like, come on! Like, and then you get up, you get up in front of everybody, and you go, "Hey, hey, everybody, just can you guys hold on for one, one, one second here? Hey, do you guys remember what it was like when you scored your fiftieth? Oh, sorry, that's only me and Terry Digner.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> like, oh my god. I oh yeah, I would have forgotten that till you said it, and I'm gonna, because I do keep a journal. I left that out. That was. That was funny. I gotta say, I gotta give myself a pat on the back for that one. <laughs> Only because I was sharing it with him. If I'd said it myself, it would have been fucking. You know, there would have been a level of pompous fucking asshole to it. But I, he was in on all of it, which gave me the leeway to just. Now I'm, I'm not being totally selfish or egotistical because I'm including him in all this. Well, uh, but all the rest,
2: guy, of the guys, literally all the rest of the guys of the trip, like hockey guys, were like pluggers, like defensemen, like you know myself and virgin and like.
0: Oh, oh, yeah, God. yeah. Jeff Couch. Oh,
2: yes, yeah, but just a bunch of meatheads. And
0: then he, too, yes. The skill uh, guys. And we went down and bought matching cowboy boots. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you guys are
0: best friends. Yeah. <laughs> when I say we, he bought them for me because it was, I don't like I mean, before I, before I um, lost all my stuff, I, I left it all. I had like a little fanny pack kind of thing. And when I went out, I was in Nashville with cowboy boots on and I was like, the fuck am I doing with a fanny pack with cowboy boots? So I took it off. And sure enough, I was buying a cowboy hat and I left it there. And I, I had my shit, I thought stolen, but it was my own idiocism. So I had that loss for half a day. And we went in, he's like, oh, just pay me back. And he didn't like, he didn't ask for it in the end. I got him a meal and he said, I don't worry about it. We had a good time. Take care of me in St. John's. So, which brings me to my next question. The boys said they're coming over at some point. It's a little late this time, but we've got to get that group to some level together. I would love it, Sam, man. And if they could visit here in St. John's, it would be a way for me to give back, not for the boots. I know I'll get Daggs back a thousand times. I'll see him again now, which is why I meant, I knew that when I was down there, I'd see a lot of these guys in the future, which was a great feeling. Um, but for for if we could get everybody together to go anywhere, first of all, uh, and there's so much to do, I've got to get to Nashville at some point. Maybe that's me and you. Maybe we've already done that as a group. Maybe we can get that same group over here. Uh, it was like you put together an all-star team of guys that were good in the room. And uh, it couldn't have been any more fun. Now, why do, you, do, you have, do you have any idea how we're going to make that happen?
2: Yeah, well, I think you're right. It's a little late here, but uh, I think as long as we give ourselves, like, you know, start of the new year next year and start working with these guys, you know, for that uh, George Street Festival, which I think that would be the key. And yeah. get some places rented And stuff like that So yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll plan on it next summer The boys want to go They want to come for sure
0: Do you do you know what you're in for tonight When you get here? Like, do you have any idea The fucking level of chaos That George Street is going to be tonight?
2: I really have no idea
0: Okay, yeah. so first of all Yeah, first of all Do you know who Loud Luxury are?
2: I You sent me that song I, I would not have known them Unless I do the song Yeah,
0: be, be exact now I, I worked at TJ's pub, which is TJ's club, basically. Yeah. And uh, so, exactly. It's not like you go out in your car and pump loud luxury, but if I played you 10 songs, you, you would know seven or eight, right? They're just radio. They're in a lot of clubs. They're in a lot of these, you know, they're, they're just, it's current. It's current stuff. It's, it's not, I'm not totally into it. It doesn't sound horrible. It's going to equ- exactly, so a lot of people it kind of appeals to a little bit. And George Street's going to be a party anyway. Honestly, you could put up, you could put in the Mount Pearl fucking uh, brass section. And honestly, you would get 5,000 people going fucking crazy on George Street. But when it's a vibrant band that everybody knows coming out of the pandemic and what they do now, Sam, and they shut off downtown. So from this day forward, right? The beat, It's usually July 1st, but they started because of the chaos that's going to be today downtown. Um there's no traffic anymore on duckworth street or water street so you can just walk so and all those businesses build patios so it's all patios now where there was you know yesterday there was there was three patios today there's going to be 117 <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. and the, and the festival so the george street festival is what what happens during that which is july 28th to august 5th i think this year um, there's three bands a day, right? So it might be, I don't know, glass tiger, uh, spin doctors, who loosen the news and then it builds up. And then the last day is probably going to be your biggest act like green day or whoever, you know what I mean? So they, and there's a Newfoundland night. There's it's, it's awesome. It's crazy. It's a lot of fun. Well, Canada day weekend is also like that. It's like a mini George street festival. So tonight we go down there, I got you and I tickets. Um, but you just pay like, say whatever it is at the door 39 bucks You get to see loud luxury and whatever other band is down there and you don't have to pay cover anywhere. So you just you get your cup and you go in and, you know, you go or you get served the cup. You don't have the one cup all fucking day. That would get chaotic. But you know what I'm saying? We can go into Christians. We can have a drink. There's going to be people fucking jammed in there. And then we're going to go to TJ's and then over to Greensleeves and all the while. It's going to be almost impossible to get from one side of the street. So, like, if you want to be in Trinity Pub, then we're going to go to Trinity Pub and experience it from that side. If you want to see it from TJ's. But it's going to be real difficult to get through because there's going to be thousands of people in the street going fucking mad. Uh, so, you're in for a good time.
2: Wait. I cannot wait. And that's going to be another key to getting those guys out next year. We're going to have to send a couple little video messages uh, to them over the over the weekend. But Yeah, for not, sure. Not and- the social Media thing that you did in Nashville, like I mean, you basically filmed like the whole trip.
0: I know I didn't want to leave anything out. I'm guilty for that, and I and now I go back and like so here I am. So those are the only memories because again, my phone. So and most pictures I take on my phone. And you want a trip, you take pictures day to day life when I'm, I'm I'm Instagram story and stuff like for my podcast or whatever for followers that want to know about this, for example. I'll go to Instagram stories, so it's all these videos, but I rarely take a snap unless it's with somebody or it's something significant happens. But you go on a trip and you take a lot of pictures. So I' had those and I lost it. So all I have is like videos from the whole trip. So I go back and even now, knowing that I took way too many, I got like three hundred. I can't erase any because I feel bad going, oh man, how do I erase that, man when me and Sam and we're at the kid rocks and oh, how do I erase that when we were at, that last, remember that little dive bar? What was the name of the Tootsie's?
2: Yeah, tootsie's, yeah, yeah.
0: Anyway, I find it hard, and that's my buck. I, I I'm so bad at it. I, I, I store stuff, and I can't erase it. But I mean, why I mean, what is it, right? What, what are you doing it for? Um, in the end, it's your buddies and everything. And it's and it's an experience. But listen, so Ron Toigo's getting in today. I just got this text. He was the owner of Tri-Cities that brought me out west in the beginning. He was the guy, Sandman, I talk about going to the Vancouver Super Series and everything. Him and Chico Resh, who must have been there with you. I've never talked about this. They took me out to White Spot, which he owned, um, and wine and dined me. And he was a great fella. He is a great fella. I lost touch. I haven't spoken to him since the early 2000s. Every day I was in Tri-Cities, he really appreciated that I went out there from Newfoundland and I really did my job out there. I really did. for. I think, you know, Brent Ashcroft, there was a Brian Boucher, BJ. He went out on a limb to get guys in from out of and, and we we did him well. So I, I had a good relationship with him. I just haven't spoken to him. What was yours with Ron Toigo? and do you want to come out to get a bite to eat with us tonight?
2: Well, I'd love to come out and see him. I I I don't know the guy. That's I he was not the owner when we were there. It was Ron I, Dixon.
0: Ron Dixon.
2: we were just which is kind of funny cuz I've heard I've heard nothing but amazing things about Ron Toigo and uh you know, I've, he's passed away now so I think he'd like totally bash a guy but uh, he probably is the c- complete opposite to Ron Toigo as far as like like kind of how he conducted himself in business and stuff. He was a very, it was chaos when he owned the team. He was kind of one of those owners that was kind of stereotypical, I guess, like the, the negative capitalist or entrepreneur. Like he, he wouldn't pay his bills. He wouldn't do this. He'd kind of try and kind of screw people over and this and that. That's kind of how he, how he became successful. And so our experience always was, there was just like, like every day there was something like sticks wouldn't show up because he didn't pay the stick bill. Like we did the like I remember that's we did the All Star game was in Tri Cities, and he didn't pay for the All Star jerseys, so we had to wear practice jerseys for the All Star game, the WWE uh, All Star, like things like that.
0: Like I cannot box. honestly, I've heard that story. To me, that's more legendary than any. <laughs> I but legendary is the wrong word. That but that is more. Mesmerizing than any story I hear about, I don't know, uh, Bob Lauch skating a team at three in the morning when they get back from Seattle or, or whatever these stories are that are out there or Ken Baumgartner, or Dave Manson grabbing the other team's net. You hear these stories that sound just like they're from the Jungle Leagues, but to go to the All-Star Game knowing and you're hosting it and wanting to put on a show and even thinking that that would be acceptable and then pulling it off and looking like the cheapest motherfucker in the West. Right. <laughs> I just can't believe that it happened.
2: Yeah, no, that's something I mean, like that all the time. Yeah. I remember the football. I think we, I don't know if you remember the story we told uh, when I, how I got to Tri cities was Ron <coughs> kind of wanted to my, my dad and I, <coughs> and said, come down over uh, Chris's break. Cause I was playing Obima in a AGHL at the time and come down there and watch a game. So flew us to Vancouver. We flew in his private jet down to the to Tri Cities. There's a limo that picked us up from. Now remember, this is what this is the kind of guy that I found out he was later, but at the time we didn't know who Ron Dixon was. Takes us in a limo to the game, sit in the box, sitting there, and they do an introduction to me. And This is when like they they sold out the stadium. The second year there it was crazy. I get a standing ovation. It's this crazy thing. Like, I'm like, whole like basically I was signed after that. It was crazy. My dad was like proud and whatever. Right. That's crazy. Then we go down to the dressing room after, and he had given me a Tri-City Americans jacket. And again, I'm a 16 year old kid. I don't know anything. And I go down to the dressing room and I'm meeting all the guys, Colin Ruck, who was in Nashville. Uh, Virch wasn't there yet. Degg's wasn't there, but all these guys, Stu Barnes, Holy Colzig, all, all these guys. Wow. So I go back home, pack my bags, basically <laughs> come back to Tri Cities. I'm I'm on the team. Like they they totally sold me, you know. Whatever, it's awesome. Can't wait. Yeah, you're loving it. Get down, get down there, and I get to the, get to the rank the first day, and like and and nobody's really kind of talking to me. Like nobody's like it's kind of something. Well, this is you know junior, and this is the way it is, and so I'm just going up and doing my business and whatever. And like a kind of a week goes by, and like nobody's really kind of engaged me. And finally, Colin Rock, again, who you met in Nashville, and Dan yeah. Stanker. Yeah, so
0: yeah, yeah.
2: Dasher Stanker, from, uh, he's from Alberta, but he lives in uh, Ferryton now. And you met him there. Uh, I met him, said, yeah. yeah. let's go for lunch. So we start hanging out a little bit and, and get to know each other. Great guys. Our first guys are really – and then they said, like, what a week goes by, they go, do you know why, like, nobody really talked to you? And I said, uh, <laughs> no. Because – ron dixon didn't give us any jackets or anything or hats or nothing and then you you roll in the dressing room after the game you get introduced to everybody Six thousand people. people get a static ovation and then you come in our dressing room with a team jacket wow
0: nobody yeah has- i can see that too how they would be especially oh, that
2: uh, nobody have jackets
0: and in junior it's even more of like a order, like a hierarchy, like with that shooting, because people just get off on that rookie vet thing. You know what I mean? Oh, you would have pissed off everybody.
2: Oh, yeah. So anyway.
0: That is started. fucking unbelievable. What happened to Ron Dixon then? Did he go? And so like for me, it was completely different. Toygo got us everything we wanted. Team jackets. My billet got me a fucking car. Like, and yeah. I, I think he had something to do with it. Looking back, Ron was always around. With the, he'd fly in for the weekend. I mean, we did, though. We had. We had, we had some unreal booster buddies, but you knew that. But he would fly in for the weekend, and there would always be some upgrade. Like, you know, we'd have, like, an extra sauna or, you know, the weight room. Like, think about Sam what Tri-City compared to what some teams had. We had a fucking setup, if nothing else. And I'm assuming you guys, right? I mean, it was the same rink. Ron Dixon might have been a bad owner, but it was the same rink.
2: Yeah, for sure. That was – it was a – State of the art facility when it was built. There's no question. Did you guys awesome.
0: Did you guys have a hot tub in the room? Uh, no. No, well, we, yeah, did. we did. See? Yeah,
2: in the corner. Yeah, in the corner. There, we did. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah man. Training.
0: We had a hot tub, sauna, fucking weight room with a big screen TV. We had pool table. I mean, I don't know. Like two years later, I guess I get to try cities. Whenever I got drafted to Montreal, I went there and it was, I mean, it's the Montreal Canadiens. It's great, but the weight room was no different than our weight room. Like, you know, they can only have, the hot tub can only go so hot with, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like it's junior. Um, What's a guilty pleasure of yours? We're we're sliding in some like rapid fire random styles here. Oh, Oh my God. Is your you're air know, conditioner on or something? It feels like you're in a, it sounds like you're in a plane. Oh, I got this vent right here. I should go and, I was actually. Well, go it's not it. really a big deal. Like, it, it's just, it's a, it, if it was like the radio or something, it would be different. It's, it's just a. But you know, what, even in if I, I, I didn't, didn't comment
2: on it when I did the last one in Edmonton, same thing. I got, I got a big fan in behind me in my Edmonton office too that goes off all the time. So anyway,
0: that's guilty pleasure.
2: Shit. The question was
0: guilty fucking pleasure. Ah,
2: damn it! I, I hate these freaking things.
0: Um, I love that you give it so much thought.
2: Uh, you'll just catch me uh, Catch me watching. You know, like you catch me watching cheesy uh, Christmas movies. You know, like the you know the Hallmark kind of Christmas movies once in a while. You
1: know.
0: Really? So. I didn't take you for that kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, um, doesn't really surprise me though. Name me three cities the NHL goes next, and I know you're going to say, "Well, there's not going to be 35 teams." It, it could be. Two thousand eighty, maybe yeah. maybe three teams get you know maybe Phoenix finally loses their team when they're playing out of a minor hockey rink with a fucking minor hockey scoreboard. I, I don't know, but but yeah. it, the three next cities when doesn't matter, but where will they be?
2: Uh, Houston, Kansas City,
0: and Portland. Automatically, three American places. You don't think Quebec or? No. I guess that's it, right? Quebec or Hamilton? That's um,
2: not I Hamilton. Mean, Hamilton should be the number one, but the Leafs are not one. One that. There should be one, and there should be two. There should be one in Markham, and there should be one in Hamilton. There
0: Those were three. great. No, you're right. I, I believe, and you know what? You you didn't hesitate. Houston, Kansas City, and Portland. I I would have had to think. I don't know if I could have come up with three better places. But see, having known the minors, you know this. And I, I think so, too. Anytime you can represent the Midwest and go there, because I think you're going to get more than just Kansas City. I know there's not a whole lot of people there, but it's an area. And fuck, I played there, Sam, and it, it was a great hockey town. How about you?
2: Yeah, I played there, too. It's an awesome place. Awesome place.
0: Houston, I, I too, it. man. Fuck Houston. I'm kind of surprised they don't. That That's an NHL city. Uh,
2: it's, I don't know how. I I mean, There's got to be a reason, but how Dallas got one before Houston even, because Houston always had the hockey history. Like, I mean, they go way back to the the arrows and back even further, right?
0: Yeah, I don't get that either. And for those who scoff at Portland, I couldn't believe this year how many Canadian... Okay, Salmon and I, first of all, we played in Tri-Cities. We mentioned that a bunch of times. That's in Washington State. Seattle Thunderbirds were in our division. And I mean, I don't know, go back. Type in Tri-City versus Seattle or, or anybody versus Seattle in any meaning in in a rival game or a playoff game over the years. And there's tens of thousands, there's 10,000 plus sometimes sold out. So it was a no brainer to me, but I would watch Canadian media and they would never take that into account. They would talk about it. Well, you know, Seattle has a history of enjoying hockey, but they would never get into it. I'm like, if they sell fucking 15,000 junior tickets for a team from down the road that aren't even good, than you would think, right? So Portland is the same thing. Did you guys play in the in the Rose Garden when you were there? Like we played in yeah. the big ring.
2: Yeah, in the, when the in the playoffs, we played them. My first year, junior, we yeah. played in the playoffs, we
0: played in the big ring. Yeah, and uh, it ended up being my first year. They were back and forth, and then my next two years, it was just strictly out of the big one. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, to this day, I, I love going back. Now I don't have a lot of time on my hands, but. I got to keep my finger on the pulse for, for reasons that, I, I mean, having a podcast, if nothing else, writing books about hockey. So I do watch games once in a while, and it hasn't tailed off. Portland still get great fans. Um, you have to put money on a lot of money, say half your worth. And you got to pick one athlete who doesn't jerk off. Guy, of course, we're not going to – this isn't a sexual, like – political statement you know just a some guy who would you look at and go you know what i don't think he jerks off hmm. not never has done it ever just like ah, you know what and i don't mean for religious reasons
2: <laughs> <It's an asshole>. <laughs> uh <laughs> I don't know why this popped in my head. Like, and I don't even know if this is true. But I don't know enough about him, but Kevin Durant,
0: because I like, I hear like he's a very serious, serious guy. That's as good as an answer as any. I, I don't. I didn't, I, I, don't know. I, I didn't know where to go with that. I couldn't answer it myself, so I tossed it your way. Well,
2: I just I do not even come up with this stuff? Like,
0: and I, I, Yeah, I don't know. It comes out of the recesses of my brain when I'm buzzed. Do you write journals or poetry?
2: I've been uh, writing journals here lately. Yeah, probably in the last six months I've gotten back into it. I used to. I used to write journals. So I've got like books. Like I open up, I got 1990s, I got a few books or whatever. Then I then I don't do it for years and I come back to it. So yeah, I'm doing it now.
0: And you know what I just realized? because uh, And that mad panic. And I came back and unpacked and it took me four days to get over Nashville. But I appreciate you, you gave me the Dune series. I haven't started it. But that's going to be my next. I just found it the other day. So apologies. And yeah. you gave it to me and I'm a reader. It's supposed to be great and I'm going to say, fuck it, I'm going to read it. I'd say each book will take me about two or three weeks given...
2: The, oh, yeah. Uh, but, uh, it's, it's amazing.
0: Yeah. I don't have a lot of time but when it, what happens is, Sam, and I go in to do these background jobs and stuff. If I'm working as a set dresser on one of these films, I'm busy all day. But sometimes you're not in three scenes in a row and it's nice to just have two hours that I haven't planned on and that's when I do my reading. So, like, the other day I had eight of those hours. I should have started the book anyway, or the series. Thank you very much for that. Uh, have you met Wayne Gretzky, and how was it?
2: No, I haven't met Wayne Gretzky, but uh, I have a signed, autographed hockey stick from him, like yeah. personalized to me.
0: Really? How? Just
2: day, my, my mom. Uh, back in the day, she like uh, my parents were divorced, and she was dating. I can't remember this guy's name, but she was dating some guy that worked in the Oilers organization. And he got me a stick. And you know what I did with that stick? Because
0: I was not, this is how spoiled we were. Do you wore. mean the Titan or the Easton? The white, white Titan. Okay. The, okay. Like old school. I guess that's the only one he wore with the, yeah, with the uh, Oilers were used. Yeah, go ahead. And um, I was,
2: we had like, you know, grew up with the Oilers in the 80s. And my favorite player was Paul Coffey, not Wayne Greske. I, I didn't think, you know, and so what I did with a stick and until I kind of, and I was young and I kind of woke up after a little bit, but I went out and I played
0: street hockey with a signed autograph wager's <laughs> hockey stick. Unbelievable. <laughs> but you guys were fucking spoiled out there. You wouldn't have, your local team was like Hall of Famers everywhere. The guys that weren't only because they couldn't play ahead of the other guys. Like they probably would have been too. Like it's fucking, or the guys that weren't all-stars, right? Like, I mean, someone had to play on the fourth line as a ticket and like, you know, who was a legend and went on, you know, it's just fucking crazy. The depth of the team, you could actually go out as a kid and be justified and go, yeah, well, you know, I know it's Wayne Gretzky, but I like Paul Coffey, whereas... You know, or Glenn Anderson or Mark Messier or Yari Curry or Kevin Lowe or Grant Fiore. Holy fuck, man. And I'm, I'm forgetting, guys. How was that to grow up? Like, Jesus, Christ. Were, were you aware or were you spoiled? Were you aware that your local team had like eight of the top 10 NHLers?
2: You're completely spoiled. I mean, like I just the time and the age that I grew up there, I was like, you know, just you're what is it? I would have been eight in 1980, you know, so I'm, you know, I'm just a teenager kind of growing up into that when they swing all their cups and um, no idea, like literally no idea. Um, I mean, we knew they were good, but you, you didn't appreciate just how rare that was. I
0: mean, no, I I can't imagine watching a team that like the two things, I don't know why I know they had all those good players, And I know that I've seen teams now, even with you, you're looking at Drysdale and McDavid, if you're an Oilers fan, but I can't imagine watching Wayne Gretzky and then right after him come out on the ice, Mark Messier, every one, two, one, two, because they didn't play with each other unless it was a special circumstance. So half the game, you're looking at Wayne Gretzky or Mark Messier, like, and Messier just because he was so different or, I mean, even watching the Canada cup with Lemieux, it's so graceful. It's so great to watch and skill. And I mean, I love watching those guys, but Mer- or Messier brought such a different dynamic and you're watching. I mean, yeah, I could see how you would have been spoiled. Do you remember watching Paul coffee skate live? Like that must've been crazy.
2: Oh yeah. It's just unbelievable. Like I never, and I never got to go to too many games. Like we, we couldn't afford to go to the game. So mo- it was mostly on TV, but yeah, like I, I just loved watching him, and I, coming around that, coming around that net, like it was just. When I was a, when I was a younger kid, that's what I tried to do, you know, go wheel around the net and try to be Paul Coffey. But um, yeah, I remember the one time I remember we uh, I was actually in junior in, in Hobima. We went and watched their practice, and we went like uh, our coach Gary Braun knew Messier, coached Messier, and so got us into the practice. And uh, you'll appreciate this: we are sitting there in the stands. It was just us in the stands watching this practice and the first guy out on the ice is Kevin McClelland and he for sure he was on a huge bender the night before like he had his helmet was off it was like oh e. you he had hair everywhere it was like sticking out everywhere and he was skating around the ice and every time he came by us he stared he stared us all down like and then he would skate around and he'd come and he was the first guy on the ice nobody else and then the other guy but he would just do that for like 10 laps and he was just really? oh my God. Like, And you know how he is How he
0: looked I man. do He I coached really, here For a few years Yeah, I, I know yeah. all about it He's an intimidating guy Just to even look at <laughs> I mean it Just look at Now he was Surprisingly nice to talk to But um, He was in St. John's For a few years uh, Okay listen You can resurrect Any animal That's gone extinct Which one? Ooh well, that's a great question. No, selfish reasons don't matter. It could be because you like the beauty of the pterodactyl or you know, you think that a certain kind of bee is going to help humanity. It doesn't really matter why. I'm not going to look at it selfishly. You
2: know, I just, I, you know, it just popped in my head because there's actually a thing on the news about that.
0: The woolly mammoth. You know, yeah, just man, I hear they got the DNA or whatever and they might... Yeah. Like within our lifetime, you might see a woolly mammoth come back. I can't even, honestly, I, I find that so mind boggling that it's funny. It makes me laugh. <laughs> I, I, you, it's insane, Sam, man. What else is going to, like, what is all that You know, what, what is all this? I got to pinch my, like, what happened? Um, But yeah, the woolly mammoth, that would be interesting and very, very possible. It's 2052. 2052, the year 2052. Are there multiple Chinese players in the NHL? Oh,
2: I would say yes.
0: I think so too. They put a heavy, they they weren't really successful at it, but before the last Olympics, I noticed they put a heavy, a lot of money into the hockey programs. And I'm thinking Austin Matthews being from Phoenix would have seemed bizarre before the coyotes went there. And That's I think true. if it takes off in a place with billions of people, then you're bound to have two <laughs> that make the oh, NHL.
2: Absolutely. There, well, you and a lot of them now are coming over here to these school hockey academies and schools. Yeah. So, like, they're, they're sending kids over. And,
0: and, you know, yeah, exactly. And then like like anything, then people will stay. And they're, like Team Switzerland now, for example, has all kinds of – because their import rules is eight or nine uh, – Canadians were allowed there in the eighties and nineties. And now of course people are right from there. I think it will too. I think it's, it's, it's inevitable. And I'd also think that the NHL will go overseas somewhere because they're going to have too many good players and too many, the Stanley cup at some point, I mean, it means more and more, but you know, if if there's 80 teams, then it's going to be tough to win the Stanley cup and be judged by it. You know, Um, I, I see it going like either a, Russian League a Chinese league or, or a European league and then maybe you play at the end for something else but the Stanley Cup I, I find its expansion to be fascinating I didn't ask you but how much Campbell's soup do you eat none
2: but I have I have a whole drawer for a cupboard full of them right now because remember like during the early days of the covid thing and and everybody yeah. was kind of like, people were hoarding toilet paper like dad and like there was little talks about maybe some supply chain issues the food so i just went and bought some cans of soup just in case just a little just just one shelf
0: wow never gonna- interesting i eat a lot of Campbell's soup especially if i want to uh, keep my weight down for one reason or another if i got a ball hockey tournament or something because for me it's getting over like i find it hard to have one bite of pizza and I often overeat because I'm full after two or three pieces, but I eat eight because I'm just scarfing it down. And then so when I eat soup, I find if I load it up with water, like it often says, like, added some water, I add like two. And then just because I feel full. And then when it all settles in and half of that is just having to take a whiz in 40 minutes. But now I don't have to go back because that, app, you know what I mean? That that initial appetite's gone
2: anyway. What kind of soup? What's your favorite? The camel soup?
0: Oh, I go vegetable almost every time. Yeah. Vegetable or tomato. It just it takes that. Because if I start going cream or whatever, then I'm just defeating the purpose in the first place. Yeah. right? And it's healthy. Vegetables, I know it's processed. It's I know it's in a can, whatever. But whatever, I'm picking the best of a bad lot. If I have to, though, I, I normally would get, you know, soup from Coleman's up the road that someone locally made. But It's not always available at 12 at night when you're, you know, you got the munchies, um, your favorite meal with eggs.
2: Oh my God. I love having eggs. Um, I'm a, I'm a straight up old school over easy eggs with like some bacon, like some smoked maple bacon or something like that. And some hash brown, like toast, like a hash brown and toast. That's it. Like pretty simple. It's pretty
0: boring have you ever solved the rubik's cube do you know anybody i haven't and i don't know anybody that solved the rubik's cube not one person and it was in school every year for three years growing up
2: it was huge i don't i don't i had to have known somebody back in the day but I, i don't remember
0: isn't it amazing though think about it you look at tv and there's people that do them inside of two seconds they have the world championships and it lasts like yeah all of it's half a ham sandwich and a coffee and it's over and you can't i've don't i've never i've looked at it a million times every time i pick it up it looks worse when i when i lay it down i can't even come close to solving the rubik's cube i can't
2: even comprehend how like who developed that rubik's cube and how do they like that's it's pretty incredible actually
0: i don't know and how about is there any fad you ever bought into i bought into the fad put it that way i I don't remember, but I remember it's under the Christmas tree when I was, I guess, seven, eight, nine. I don't remember. It was the late '80s. Um, did you ever what? Like, did you get a pet rock? What fad do you remember getting? Garbage Pail kid.
2: Yeah, well, for sure. Uh, yeah, we did. We had. Um, we had the uh, Rubik's Cube was huge. Um, yeah. The, oh God.
0: Yeah, you, you had it all. What's that? So you, 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 I mean, you grew up just ahead of me, so you probably would have gone through the same kind of...
2: Rubik's Cube was so huge when I was a kid. Like,
0: everybody had one. Everybody it lasted. Like, you know, remember the Slinky? Everybody had one of those, but after you realized it would just go down, that like and it would, like, stop, it was really just a fucking coil that didn't make sense. No, like, yeah. that, people bought them, and then they just, that fad yeah. was done within months because you didn't want to keep going. But the Rubik's Cube was in every elementary school, junior high for a long time, right? That was a thing. To this day, you can buy the Rubik's Cube. How many slinkies do you see at Walmart? Good point. Fair point. Um, remember William Hung, the guy who tried out for American Idol, like the real bad guy? He was really horrible. He had a horrible voice. He was, yeah, okay.
2: Yes, of course.
0: Yes. Uh, I think he was Asian American. He was just yeah. a re- really terrible voice. Which has nothing to do with it, I feel, nowadays. Oh, Terry, is Asian. I know, I just said, he looked, he's, he's an Asian-American guy. I'm apologizing before I get a hate mail. And it's not the reason he had a bad voice. He just had a fucking terrible voice. So let's say, who wins, but he was in shape. Oh, he wasn't in shape, he was skinny. How do I know if he was in shape? He was probably not in shape. But what I'm saying is that who would win a race right now, 100-meter dash, him or Shaq? Shaq, now I'm saying because he's about 380 pounds. He looks fat. Yeah, I got to go with Hung. <laughs> gotta go, wow! You know,
2: yeah,
0: got to go with Hung.
2: Okay. Yeah, I, I think absolutely. I got to go with Hung
0: too. Uh, what year will Woody Harrelson die?
2: What's what's Woody's uh, sixty early sixties? I think so. What year he's gonna die in? Uh, f- I'm gonna give him uh, forty six, twenty forty six. What year will Keith Richards die? Oh, God. It's incredible.
0: That's a tough one.
2: (laughs) Man, it's incredible. He's alive.
0: And still, he's not only alive, he's still walking up on stage, playing his guitar in front of hundreds of thousands of people and rocking out. He's not only alive, he's doing more things athletically and cool, cool cool-like. Yeah for his eight than anybody of my friends. He's like, still just, a rock star and there's an eight in front of his number.
2: Well, I, I just was watching that 1971 series. I don't know if you've heard about this one, but it talks, it's, you would absolutely love this series. I think it's on Apple TV though. Um, and it talks about all the music that came out in 1971 and it is incredible. And the background thing is they always flash back to the Rolling Stones and they were talking about, like, all yeah. the shit they were doing. Like, like, they were in Paris, and they were, like, doing heroin. And ever like, I mean, like, it was crazy, like, the shit that they were doing, right? And, and that, and just, anyway. That so, was yeah. a
0: very, very, very interesting year, because the Beatles had finally checked out. They were completely yeah. gone. In 70, they were, they still had some hits. They were dissipating. They were, but Let It Be was out. There was still a remnant in 70, yeah. 71, or so 71 it became the stones were driving the ship and they got funky and they started putting out all kinds to me, that's the, like, that's the heyday of the stones when they, they carried the torch and which way were they going to go? And they spawned David Bowie and I mean, a a shitload of other things. Jagger became one of the best front men ever. I just love that period. I didn't even know there was a a documentary on it.
2: Yeah. I think it's I there's, I don't know how many uh, shows there are, but it's, it's incredible. It goes on and on and on. And I'm like, I'm shocked every time I watch this series. Like I didn't know that happened that year. I didn't know that happened that year. So anyway, sidebar. Um, I'm going to give him, I got to give the guy 10 years. I mean, he's the way he's going now. Like, I mean, let's, let's go 2032.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, You can go on a one year vacation and all will be fine. So there's something to be said about that. So you just put, put up your, everything's going to be good. Right. So, You're going to get back. Your company will have made money. Well, you you can see your daughters and all that during this year. I'm not saying you can't see your family. I'm saying you have no worries. So there's no reason to worry. So this is going to be a good thing for you if you can just pull this off. So a year of no stress, whatever we can just do, whatever you can take me and we're going to travel Europe and go to the pyramids. We're going to find out what really happened to JFK, right? You're going to have access to all kinds of things, all kinds. All you have to do Is get caught fucking a tuna casserole wearing a blue bonnet by a hot girl and a postman. Okay, so you're fucking a tuna casserole, you're wearing a blue bonnet, which is weird enough. That's all you have on is a blue bonnet. You're fucking the tuna casserole. A hot girl walks up behind you and a postman. Now, and they're gonna go, fuck me, that's to end Sam with. What in the fuck's going on? Now you can't explain it. You can't say because I want access to JFK's what really happened, government files, I'm gonna be taken care of it. This is where this is a ten million dollar transaction. Um so I mean, do you do it? Or do you just say fuck it? I don't wanna know. I don't want the headache of getting caught fucking a tuna casserole with a blue bonnet by a hot girl and a postman. I
2: think I'm going for it. I'm going for it. <laughs>
0: I'm gonna fuck that casserole. Oh yeah! No. Oh, that's the right answer that is the right answer and that is the end of your questions today my friends correct circle gets the square <laughs> thanks for that. thanks for joining and see you in about what six hours six hours can't wait buddy Get okay ready for me. we're heading to portage jeremy charles's new restaurant uh, and then Merchant Tavern, Jeremy Charles's uh, still restaurant. And then we're going to go hit loud luxury with uh, lots of my buddies. So see you soon and uh, safe travels. See you soon, buddy. Can't wait. Okay, brother. This has been Tales with TR, episode 109B with my buddy Terran Sanwith. And. Uh, we never really did get around to hearing from David Ling. He was on a drive. We'll hear from him soon. I get all kinds of people that want to hear from PEI's mayor. Uh, PEI's mayor. Charlottetown's mayor. Uh, PEI's unofficial premier. Thanks to Tran Samwith. We're going to see him in a few hours. If you're from St. John's, Newfoundland, get out and support local. I ate at the par- parlor this week, and it was life-changing. It's my favorite dessert I've ever had, and I'm going to go back for more. Uh, Wedgwood Cafe. Check it out for all your catering needs. It's also a great spot on the end of Elizabeth Avenue to stop and have lunch. Uh, I'm going down tonight. I will definitely go to TJ's, Green Sleeves, the Rob Roy, the Bull and Barrel, and Trinity Pub. I will definitely go to those places. And like I said, Blue on Water is also a wicked spot to get a meal, as is Merchant Tavern. Thanks to True Hockey, True Hockey Sticks, which will be joining me in Buffalo. On uh, July 21st to 23rd, I'm going to go with True from here on in. We've got a little deal on the go and uh, I like the gear anyway. So uh, look for more exciting news coming at you from that angle. Uh, What else? Uh, If you want to book Terry Ryan 2020 at gmail.com and if you'd like a great hoodie or coveralls, set of coveralls, check it out at pennyposh.com women's wear reimagined, but it's a whole lot more. They've also got Some coveralls and some men's coveralls now. Danielle is in Calgary running the Bridget Bar, doing real well. So congrats to her. Danielle, see you soon. I know you're coming home for a visit in August. And check out her website. It's got lots of new stuff, new and exciting. And she's really doing well with it. Thanks for listening. This has been episode 109B of Tales with TR. I'll be back next week with who knows who. Thanks for tuning in. Catch you on the rebound and have a great fucking weekend. I know I will.